Podcast. I'm your host Sam, and I'm your other host Leslie, bringing you your weekly dose of horror. Everybody, Ooh. what's up? Welcome. We made it here without op- <laughs> without opening any dimensions. Well, I mean, besides the deadlight dimension, yeah, absolutely. I guess, which is the one you want to open, and then another one that I did on Sunday, but that's okay. True, true. Yeah. Besides those, um, we kept it hell dimensionless mm-hmm. aside from the movie that we just watched what did we watch we watched hellraiser <laughs> from 1987 written and directed by clive barker a woman discovers the newly resurrected partially formed body of her brother-in-law she starts killing for him to revitalize his body so he can escape the demonic beings that are pursuing him after he escaped their sadistic underworld I love Hellraiser. This uh-huh. is a movie, actually, we were just talking about it on our wish list earlier in the season. I Crazy. wish for it. Thank you, Bucket. Thank you, Horror Gods, you. for allowing us to pick it. <laughs> so I was very excited to watch this movie. And one of the things that I really love about this movie is that Pinhead, the Cenobites, mm-hmm. those are the th- those are the things that we really remember. What are they called? Cenob- Cenobites. Cenobites. Yes. Cenobites. Those are the things that we really remember and think about when we think of Hellraiser. Yeah. But I think people don't realize how different the the first movie, at least, is from, like, the Cenobites are, aren't in it very often. It's no. not really about them. It is more about Frank and Julia killing people. It's not really even about Pinhead and the other Cenobites at all. No. Which I think is fun. I was excited for us to watch this movie because I wanted to know what you thought this movie was going to be before we watched it and were you surprised of what it ended up to be um yes because i knew that it wasn't they weren't going to be the main thing the main characters uh they're just the wackiest um and they do bring about this concept of pain and pleasure um which then kind of goes as to what what brings Julia and Frank, their doom of, you know, their their sinful stuff that they're doing together. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, yeah, I don't know. I also felt as if the movie was a lot about the house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What you build with a person, you know, that is in a, like... A metaphor that a lot of people use um, of just like, you know, trying to build a foundation in your relationship is really important. And if you are going about snaking and doing shit, what is the point of that foundation? Mm -hmm. I think that's a that's a great tie that you made between the house and these characters and the relationship. And honestly, I feel like we should start this episode off is just talking about the meat of the movie because this movie is, I think there's a lot going on underneath. There's a lot of meat. There's a lot mm-hmm. of meat in here and literally a lot of meat um, phys- physically and um, mm-hmm. metaphorically. Yeah. But let's start with that because this movie starts out with 
a couple that is moving to a house to try to seemingly rebuild a relationship. But she's definitely, Julia is definitely, I think, hiding more and pushing down feelings more than she even wants to admit. Julia and Larry's relationship definitely gone stale. Kirsty, their daughter or stepdaughter, has left the house, left them by themselves. Now they're settled into the monotony of being married to another person forever. Mm-hmm. She then goes and has an affair with Frank, who is this complete opposite person, this sadistic kind of almost like sexual explorer. Oh, yeah. So for Julia, for sure. Yes. So he to her is like this image of what if, you know, like what is the other side if if I don't marry Larry? What if I ended up with Frank? And she's always like torn with that. You know, she's always like being pulled in both directions. Now, Frank is like this sexual pioneer almost where he's tried like where we come in with him in the movie. Like he's tried everything that there is on the planet, like butt stuff, ear stuff, fucking nose stuff. Who knows what stuff? Who knows? Who knows? He's done it all. And so he's sought out this box that opens doors to other dimensions. And maybe those aliens got some sexual things to, to excite me with. Yeah. Frank has gone to the ends of the earth to find this little box, this puzzle box that opens up and chains coming out. And that's how we release the Cenobites. And he's captured by the Cenobites. I guess the Cenobites, if we want to really break this down, they are, you know, curiosity. And it's almost like the danger of curiosity because a big question that this movie is posing directly through Frank and Julia is how far are you willing to go for pleasure, for pleasure, for what you desire? Yeah. Where are you willing to go? Are you willing to go to a hell dimension? And are you willing to do just about anything for Mm -hmm. that person? Um, You know, yes, pleasure is great, but. Have communication, you know? Yeah. Um, and also, don't hurt. I'm hungry. I hope <laughs> you didn't hear that. I haven't. I've only eaten that banana. Yummy. Yummy. But, um, yeah. So. Well, and also. Don't hurt others. Right. But also, that is what this movie is all about. Is just like, you willing to take it there? We'll bring pain with that the relationship between frank and julia is almost like because he's very much this like ultimate sadist and she's this ultimate sub he's the master she's the slave she will she says it multiple times i will do anything for you cut to the clip i'll do anything you want they are both like the most extreme versions of a master slave relationship yeah and so i think that kind of goes to overall this movie is dealing with kink obviously Mm -hmm. because our cenobites are not only dealing with pain and pleasure together how they're dressed yeah it's all very obviously tied to this idea of kink and i think that especially in this time we're dealing with a society that is probably viewing the BDSM community and these like kink communities as dangerous and, and as scary and shameful and like, shameful. Absolutely. Don't go there. So we're presenting the 
these Cenobites as like the embodiment of what people think the evilness of BDSM and kink is. Demons. Demons. From the hell. But in the end, they're not even the bad guys of this movie. No. The bad guys are the humans, Frank and Julia. So I, I like how they are... Clive Barker is almost like, all right, you're scared of this kink community? Uh-huh. All right, here it is. Here it is in all its scariness. But the scarier part of this movie is actually just the humans. Because also, if if you really... Anything that isn't Christianity-based in the sense of, like, you know, even even the most human thing, which is pleasure, um, you can't, like, have lustful thoughts even with your husband or wife. Um, everything is so very just, like, if we have sex, it's because we're going to have a baby. And that is it. Um, and if not, it's sh- you should be shameful. Yeah, and for the longest time, like people didn't want women, and probably in some other country, to have pleasure, you know. Um, so there's a lot of just taboo against sex in itself, and then once you start building on top of that, and you do get people who have these kind of like kinks, then they are truly made to be demonic because then the very religious people that have no knowledge on this start just creating stories in their mind that they're cannibals and they eat each other and they'll tear you apart yeah Yeah. they're doing rituals or some shit because people can't like those that don't understand it don't want to open up to even think that there is a place in which there is communication even within some extremities of tying up and shit like that mm-hmm. um yeah yeah no shame y'all no, no shame. shame just talk to each other and don't hurt anybody i like the cenobites they're like they're like pushing it and you know they're <laughs> they have really great dentists down they there got great in dentists. they got great leather people that work Mm-hmm. day in day out to make their those suits those suits mm-hmm. yeah well i think that that perfectly transits transits just into mm-hmm. the can the can because this movie how it's made i think it's we kind of talked about it while we were watching it it almost seems like it's a soap opera uh-huh. very soft lighting yes. very you know dramatic moves and um light coming in through the windows to do all these shadows all over people's face. It's very, very dramatic. Um, to it's me, it kind of works, though. I kind of like how overdramatic yes. it is because everything is overdramatic. Um, there is a sort of brightening that they use throughout the whole film that when light was captured, like with the pin... Um, and, and there's any light on on metals or when she is dragging the cigarette, it is a bright light, which usually for light is a good sign. It's like, awesome, we're not in the darkness. Mm-hmm. But it was so eerie and so kind of, um, uh, what's the word I want to use? Foreshadowing, yeah. you know? 
Because it was all, it was like a fake sheen of shininess, which Mm -hmm. is very much, we saw a lot of this on Julia. She's very much putting on this fake front the entire film. So then we're getting these indications of, yeah, these like blinding uh, spots coming off of her for us to be obscured by who we're actually looking at. It's like absolutely danger where like the pin that she had on her jacket was very shiny and very pointy. Mm-hmm. Um, looks kind of like a knife. It looked like a knife. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I was like, she's backstabbing you, dude, and you don't even know it. Yeah, she sucked. Yeah. She sucked. Henry, I actually, you know, even Larry sucked. That's true. It was so, like, and the thing is, a lot of Larry's scenes I was struggling with because I wasn't sure... If he was meant to be shown more as a sub, mm. you know, Julia was the one that was wearing the pants um, and he wouldn't do any actions. And that's why she sought after Frank, because he made her feel sub and she wanted that power dynamic um, that she wasn't getting with Larry. But then also Larry, I don't know, it was... It wasn't well acted. Let me just say that. He was like, I, I, you're completely right. He was, I think, meant to just be that super sub mm-hmm. of that didn't do anything dweeby dude. Everything he said was pretty corny. Dad jokes everywhere. But then you have things also like when he's trying to move the mattress up and Julia's like, yeah, we have some um, beer in the kitchen. And then she doesn't go and get it. You got any beer? There's some in the fridge. Oh, well. Why don't I get it? That seemed too too misogynistic, and I wish it was, like, played more like, yeah, I'll get it, no worries. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. then that way we get more and more and more scenes of how Larry is nice and submissive, and then we have Frank, who's, like, the bad boy, and, yeah. like, I will teach you how to fucking... Yeah. Listen to me. Larry at times, I mean, he definitely read as stupid and ignorant because he just didn't know, we didn't realize what was going on mm-hmm. to me. Um, which is fine, I guess, because that's all he's meant to be really. But I do agree. I feel like there there could have been more fleshing out of his character. Ooh, fleshing out. Oh, well, that definitely someone... did Someone actually really did do that. Someone did flesh him out. Sorry. Um, What did you think of the uh, prosthetics and the special effects? I think that that is absolutely a standout. I I mean, Mm -hmm. that's got to be like the main part of the can that is like incredible. I mean, between the special effects, the makeup, the costuming. Damn. Damn. Amazing. So, I mean, it was everywhere, too, because, yeah, we have the Cenobites who we have Pinhead, incredible, iconic looking uh makeup but also we, we got a centibite friends the the chitterer dude yeah nah, 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 the nah, nah, the nah. butterbelly guy um, you mean patrick patrick <laughs> and then the the female centibite who's got like the yeah the opening on the throat, the throat so she yeah. couldn't really talk yeah, she talked very lightly amazing like all that stuff looked incredible with the so costume cool. and then also we have this 50 shades of Frank going on <laughs> where we have Frank being reformed, revitalized yes. into 
there's different forms of him. And the, I mean, obviously like that first scene when he starts to build out of the ground. Incredible. Insane. Insane. Oh my gosh. I was amazed. My mouth was open the whole time. It doesn't get old. It really doesn't get old. So cool. Because I just keep thinking, I was like, man, okay, obviously this is a, well, not obviously, maybe I'm wrong, but it's a, it's a, it's a scene that's played backwards, right? There's definitely parts that are it's played reversed. in reverse. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just thinking the whole time how that piece was made. And it was probably a mixture of like beeswax and all these elements to, to have it be just like in the middle of like some hot, like heaters yeah. and have it just like melt and then when they play it in reverse, it, it somehow makes it feel like it's reforming Coming back. To, in yeah. Room. And then so cool. we have the like actual like animatronic arms and fingers coming out of the the hands and then the head attaches the brain to the brain. It's like forming. Yeah. And it's just like, and then it ends with the silhouette of him. like. It's just like it's so good. So, so good. Incredible. Like there's multiple techniques that they have going on between the reverse uh film and the animatronics and the melting like it's all working together so well there's a lot to this movie Mm -hmm. for sure because then we have um uh the the like flower blooming in the hospital um so there's that element of they they had to go and film that mm-hmm. um and then built a majority of the scenes um that's what it seems like the house seemed pretty much like a set mm-hmm. because kind of what you're getting at is when people are opening these hell dimensions we have walls opening up going into oh, hallways and we have like the like the tiles like smoke coming through the tiles of the walls mm-hmm. and stuff like that was fun. Awesome. Yeah. All the prosthetic, everything about this movie that had nothing to do with <laughs> with this, like, talking. Um, or acting. Or acting. Yeah. Uh, I think is what resonates with me. I did think we were going to see more torture. But I think what we got is the level that I'm comfortable at. Um, and because it seemed, although I really did like it, it did seem very much like, hey, we are experimenting with different textures. And um, like, oh, man, that 80s blood is it's something. It stains. Yeah. It stains and it stays there. Yes, it does. Um, yes, it does. So I think one obviously big we talked about the the <clears throat> revitalization of Frank as a big standout. I think another big standout uh, effect moment is Frank's destruction at the end after he gets caught by the Cenobites and all the hooks are coming in him and he's just like, oh, his face is being pulled uh-huh. in every direction. But then you like see he's like kind of enjoying it. And then he like smiles and he does the whole Jesus wet. Hold apart. Orgasmed. 
Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Bye bye Frank. Bye bye Frank. But Jesus yeah. wept. Jesus wept. Oh god. Classic. Classic. Yep. The only other thing that I noticed really in the can section that I wanted mm-hmm. to mention was there was a couple cool editing moments I thought, like subtle editing moments, especially yeah. when we were learning about Julia and Frank's history. It edited into a flashback almost without us realizing it was a, it was a flashback mm-hmm. at first. Like she opened the door and then the, oh, yeah. the, it would then be in the flashback of her opening the door. So it took you a second to realize, oh, we're in a flashback right now. Mm-hmm. And it, it didn't make this like big deal of like sort of I liked it reminded me of Silence of the Lambs. They did a, a couple times, too, where um she would just be Clarice would just be walking yeah. and then it would kind of just click into a memory that she was having at that same time and then kind of click out. It felt very natural mm-hmm. how we just kind of go in and out of memories. Um, so I was like, all right, cool. That's kind of some nice, subtle, cool editing that was going on. So I'm wondering if Hellraiser 2 has more of the Cenobites. 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 So Hellraiser 2 is uh, awesome. Yeah. And we definitely go more into Hell Dimensions. Ooh. There's more. Like, you got more of a budget for sure. Yeah. Um, and we are exploring more of the Hell Dimensions for sure. We still follow uh, Kirsty. She's like still our main oh, character. Wow. We kind of pick up with her right after um, this movie ends. So, but guess who's back? <gasps> Julia. Julia. Very similar. She comes back in a very similar way that Frank came back in his movie. Spill mm. a little blood on the floor. Julia's back and she's like super evil. Um, it's good. It's really good. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for us to maybe pull it. Because again, the Cenobites, Cenobites are not the bad guys. No. So there has to be another being in which has used pleasure truly for themselves as opposed to something that um, or it in for herself in the sense that she then hurt Larry. Mm-hmm. It was Larry's Jew. Yeah. Two. The Cenobites are just like, that's just what they do. Yeah. You know? That's just their thing. But she's like taking advantage of it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get to, I say let's get to the cook. The cook. Let's do it. Let's, let's cook this it meat. Up. Um, really, the main thing that I had about the cook, which is kind of, you know, we're considering how they take the filmmaking and mix it together with the themes and how they present it together. How well is it cooked? I kind of wrote down that everything is a little overcooked. You know, it's, it's very overdramatic, you know, between the acting and the writing uh-huh. and the lighting. Um, and, you know, the themes that we're talking about are pretty obvious what's mm-hmm. going on. But to me, it doesn't really matter because everything is so overcooked that it's more it's like working together in that way and then at a certain point i'm just like i'm in it you know i'm along for this this ride it doesn't matter if it's like i'm just in it you know i I mean either you have dramatic acting or you heighten even more of all the goriness um and they wanted to tell a story with all the goriness too so yeah you're right overcooked but it does work because otherwise if you heighten all of the other elements then you'll get tokyo gore police Mm -hmm. you know yeah uh where there's 
little to no story there. It's all for the practical effect. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you have less of the practical effects, what would you get? Exactly. Yeah, this would not be as exciting if we didn't have all that going Just on. drama. Yeah. <sighs> more blood, please. Just throw in more blood. It'll, it'll <laughs> fix it. It'll fix it. Yeah, just turn everybody red. Just paint them red. Um, and I mean... Quite honestly, I think we should just get to the thrill. Mm-hmm. Ah! Huh? Um, Scary. And because, as we've already started to talk about, seemingly the monsters of this movie, the Cenobites, aren't actually really the monsters of this movie. The real monsters are the freaking humans running around trying to take advantage of other people. Yeah. Freaking Frank and Julia are, like, the most extreme versions of selfish narcissistic sadists they murdered people for their pleasure for themselves for themselves for their gain it didn't matter i'll do anything Mm-mm. 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 if a relationship goes there for someone to absolutely has you putting everything of yourself in in that person it's not healthy mm-hmm. not healthy Mm-mm. and she Julia, there's this really interesting moment because I think that she for sure obviously loves Frank and she wants to be part of this like crazy kink exploring lifestyle. Let's go to hell dimensions, whatever. But there was the one moment where she and Larry are in bed together and it seems like Frank is like about to kill Larry. But she says no. She says stop, don't, no. And she stops Frank for a while in the movie from killing Larry. Do you think that that was because she actually cares about Larry or she doesn't want to, she isn't fully committing to her kink lifestyle? Mm, I think. Is it about Larry or not? I guess is my question. I think that she didn't want to hurt Larry because she was already hurting him enough with keeping the secret and he wasn't a, you know, quote unquote, terrible guy. Um, he wasn't for him to like die. No, you know, um, none of but, those guys were, no one deserved to die. No, except Frank. He sucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He fucking sucked. Um, yeah, I didn't, uh, I think she wanted to keep Larry alive, but leave with Frank and, continue this this life because also what it is sometimes is like there's a kink of like people having relationships on like cheating and stuff and that is what's exciting to them Mm. as opposed to the actual pleasures that they're receiving from another person Mm. or how it's like secretive Mm -hmm. yeah so who knows do you think she kind of got off on the deception and the lies like that was part of her thing i think so because mm. i i think we're meant to think that julia is this very powerful person in this relationship mm-hmm. like she create like she is very assertive you know um hot and her hair is so tall um so you know what they say about people with tall hair tallest in the room Biggest balls. They have a lot of secrets. <laughs> so much secrets. Secrets, everybody. You're right. You're right. So, who knows? Um, 
Because then at a certain point when Frank stole Larry's skin, <laughs> she was in. I mean, at that point, she was like totally down yeah. with Larry being dead and with Frank wearing around his skin. Ooh. And she, I mean, she was like totally on his side at that point. Yeah. She didn't seem to care that Larry was dead. Before, we did not see Julia touch Larry. And uh, there was a scene in which, you know, she starts coming on to Larry, coming on to, they're married. Um, but uh, they, like, she just did, she was trying to get him away from where Frank's bedroom is. Frank's upper Up, attic layer. Upper, <laughs> um, fucking moldy ass room. Um, but yeah, so then she strays him away and that's the first contact they had. And and it leaves Larry like, what the hell? Like you wanted me a one second ago and now you're like cold. Um You're all over me. You were all over me. Um but I think she just doesn't want to kill him because at the end of the day that is her husband. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she just she, doesn't want to hurt him more. Yeah, she's still Frank is already like full on committed to I'm going to hell dimensions to find pleasure. I don't give a shit about this world. She still is like, you know, in this world mm-hmm. and it hasn't gone and made that full commitment to the sexual exploration that Frank has. So but I think this movie, we do see her take make that decision eventually, because once. Larry is dead and Frank's wearing around his skin. She seems like she's pretty full in. Oh, yeah. She's like, let's do this. That's it. Let's blow this popsicle stand. Let's go. Let's go see some Cenobites, baby. Cenobites. Yeah. So the transition of the Cenobites coming in and the lighting and everything. And then the world is no longer what reality, what it looks like. Um, reminded me a lot of Silent Hill mm. and how that world just gets infiltrated into reality and mm. and it's all like gritty and grungy and falling apart mm-hmm. and uh, there's a lot of elements also of demonic pleasure beings too um, so I wonder how much influence Hellraiser had on Silent Hill because I think Silent Hill is later in I the believe. 90s yeah because it was a video game first yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I think you're right I mean, absolutely. This this movie is absolutely iconic in that Influential. way. Yeah. So that plus I'm sure other things, many other things this movie inspired. And that kind of reminds me, I love that like play of these other dimensions seeping into our world and mm-hmm. things are mixing and it's not fully that world. It's not fully our world. It's like this weird kind of like mixture that the set designers and production designers get to play with. And we saw that in uh, the ritual where we saw his like his bad memories, like in like seeping into the forest. Yeah. And it was all mixed together. Yeah. And so that's like a super, super modern example. I love that. Of what they're doing here. Yeah. So it's cool to see that evolution. Um, because those were just awesome moments. Those were just awesome moments. And if we're talking about the thrill, yeah, the Cenobites are scary. They're, they are otherworldly yeah. beings, monsters, quote unquote. Patrick really 
scared me. Patrick was, was scary. Nice, the the chitterer dude was <laughs> pretty. <laughs> um, and obviously Pinhead, you know, he's iconic. But they weren't the bad guys. No. They're doing their thing. No. I would say that gummy um scorpion thing in the in the hallway. Yeah, that, that was that was a little more That seemed kind of mean. Mean. Yeah. yeah. It's like, what are you doing here? That was a while, that big old practical worm thing. So cool. Crazy. I quite enjoyed that. That whole scene in like her opening the box and getting into um through the wall through this dimension was really cool. Um, wish we could have stayed a little bit longer there because I don't care about any of the other scenes. I just wanted more of that. Give me more hell. More more hell, more practical effects, because those were truly genius. Um, I think I think that's exactly what most people said when they saw this movie and Hellraiser 2, they definitely spend a lot more time yeah. in Hell Dimensions. Um, how many scenes with maggots are in Hellraiser 2? Because I do not like that. I cannot remember, <laughs> but I forgot how many maggot bug things were going on in this movie. Because that was definitely another like creepy part. I mean, I think that's part of the thrill. That deserves to be in this category because there was many like maggots cockroaches rats like all these just like dis- grasshoppers. grasshoppers disgusting vermin things Ugh. and they just give you the shivers like i i'm okay with any other you know like mice don't that's fine but i can i can see how they're trying to make a the scene or the place dirty um also with cockroaches but those don't quite give me the hippie-jeebies as the maggots. I I hate maggots. They're very helpful to the world, I guess, to break down elements and mutes. But I hate them. I hate them. I don't, I don't like seeing them. I don't like the sounds they use for them. Well, and mm. I mean, when we saw them, it was pretty much right when we came into the house, which... Very foreboding. If you're starting off your house with maggots already on the floor, you're, maggots, you're going nowhere fast. Mold. Um, it seemed like the the a part of the house was falling apart, and you're moving in and having dinner with friends. Yeah, awful, awful fixer upper. Oof. No, fix your house first before you invite people. That was the scary part about that. The mold. The, the mold. actual, like, realistic thing. The black mold. The black mold. That's dangerous. Um, Speaking of thrills, when did you see this? And were you scared when you first saw it? I first saw this movie, I think, probably when I was in college. So, yeah, it's going out like eight to ten years ago at this point. Um, <laughs> but was I scared? I mean, no. But yeah. I was blown away by the effects and by, I mean, it was a completely different experience than what I thought it was going to be. I was expecting more running through hell dimensions and pinhead running behind us with a knife or something, but it was not that at all. It's a very contained movie. It's a very, um, 
it's a, it's almost like slow paced at times, yeah. but it's okay because we're moving towards the goal always. And it's also just very satisfying at the end with all these effects and how they round it out and how they destroy the, um, the evil beings, which are Frank and Julia. I mean, I, I was very impressed when I first saw this movie. I, I was very happily surprised. And that's why this movie continues to be one of my favorite ones because it's, it's surprising. Yeah. I mean, all the, all the elements, all of the kind of, um, uh, the Frank coming about from the house, um, the scenes of even the flower blooming or, um, the brain being formed, those scenes I think would have been more impactful for me as a child mm. because in the ring, all the like, not it wasn't when Samara, I mean, it was, she was fucking scary coming out of the TV, but it was more of that video. That's what penetrated and scared me to my core because it was that eerie it was like all random shit the eerie sounds and the discoloration all of those elements is what is a mystery and i feel like if i were to have seen this as a child i would have been scared i'm not scared right now because you i am an adult no, i'm just <laughs> kidding it's just we've been analyzing we, a lot of these. We've kind been of at it for a while. Movies, and yeah. also I've never truly been afraid. Yeah, it's of, tough. It's tough um, at this point. Yeah, but do you want to rate it? Do we just like want to? Absolutely. Jump? I mean, oh, I, oh, we're with the ride. The with ride. the ride. I mean, I think we're kind of going. We're already kind of talking we're, we about are talking it. About you know, it. this all goes back to this idea of it's uh, the ride for me is always fun because it's. Yes, at point it's slow paced, but I think that that is only because we're trying to build the mystery of what's going on. And also we're really building the hate that we have for these characters and also building up the mystery of like what's going on. What is when are the Cenobites going to come? When are these what are they running from? You know, what's going on? Um, I always have a good time with this movie. I think I always think the ride is is very fun. It is. And, you know. Although we had religious imagery, mm -hmm. um, our characters themselves were not embedded into the religion. Um, they even said that they were going to get rid of them. Um, and we weren't trying to solve, you know, this issue of um, adultery with religion. We were just with its own way. Just, you know, don't go there unless you are literally are ready to sign off this contract that you're never going to come out of. Because uh, we got no indication that Julia ever wanted to speak about what she had gone through or what she was doing with Frank. Um, you know, and so that's the message. And it's not like God and Jesus. Um yeah. But it is, it's, it, I never even really thought about that because it isn't so in your face, but no. it is there. It's there. And we're, we'll remember when uh, Christy, 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 Quirky, Quirky Cracker, <laughs> um, she's in that extra room with all of the 
I guess. I think a storage room a sto- or something. Yeah, it's a storage yeah. room with all the mom shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and she goes and tries to like hide in a closet and it's a jump scared. And I said, Jesus and Jesus does come out. Yeah. He's Jesus scares us. Jesus scares us. And that was very fucking smart. And I love that. <laughs> it was. It was great. I love and that. It's also kind of interesting now thinking about. Because her mother died. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't address that, but we do know that her mother died and that that was her mother's stuff. So her mother was probably more religious. And now maybe. Oh, that was her. I thought it was her grandma. Oh, you're right. I have no idea. No, you're right. Because it was the grandma's house. I might have house. not paid attention. No, no, no. You're right. You're right. It That's was grandma? <laughs> Edit it out. Rewind it. Edit it out. Um, yeah, it was not in your face, but I think that that is a kind of a, you know, a nod to like also the society that we're in that is so heavily embedded in religion and specifically Christianity they're the ones who are most afraid of these people with their kinks too. Mm-hmm. So I think that was, I thought that was a very good, subtle tie that they made yeah. there. Yeah. Um, so Hellraiser. Hellraiser, man. Hellraiser. Wow. Yeah, wow. Whoa. <laughs> we'll tear your soul apart. Some great lines. If you want it. Oh, save those tears. <laughs> That's a waste of good suffering. Those are good lines. Those are good lines. Those yeah. Good lines. And the shirt that I'm wearing, actually, this is from this is from the second one. Oh, it's fine. So I'm I, in hell. I am in hell. Help me. Help me. I also wore this shirt under my work uniform when I worked at the restaurant. So nice. Yeah. I mean all, always subtly there. <laughs> Some sort of hell dimension. Oh, yeah. Anyway, um, let's get these smash mu- pumpkin rings. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? I have a number. Give me yeah. a number. 3.8. 3. Oh, 3.8. Yeah. Um, like I said, wows with the prosthetics. Amazing. I love all those elements. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I can't blame it too much. It is the 80s, so the acting will be theatrical, dramatic, soap opera. Um, but I love all the elements that they added into it. And of course, you know, the Cenobites. Cenobites? Cenobites. You're going to have just all of this podcast is going to be being like Cenobites? Cenobites? Cenobites. Kirsty? Yeah. Kirsty? Cracker? Corky? <laughs> Corky? Crack. Um. Yeah. Three point eight. Three point eight. Great. That's awesome. I'm trying not to be like, you know, because we know this is one of my faves. So I'm trying not to be like over the top. I mean, you definitely can. I can be. I guess. Is this the first time we're gonna actually say a different number? <laughs> three point eight. No. Um, <laughs> three point eight point five. Five. Um, I think I'm going to go. I'm going to go 4.5. Yeah. I got to go 4.5. It's it's just, I was going to go 4, but then I'm like, why am I even, what am I taking that off for? I mean, the only things that I really am taking it off for is just these like, you know, small little Very things that we're talking things. about yeah. um, that don't really even bother me when I'm watching it. Uh, the acting, the, you know, the overdramaticness of the scripts. Those are all things that, yes, they're there. And me as a, 
be as a host of a film review podcast, I obviously have to take that into consideration. But in the end, yeah. it doesn't really bother no. bother me. I'm entertained through this whole thing. Um, and I just love the Hellraiser world. It was fun. It's fun. And now that I know that more of the elements that I do love in this film are applied to the second one and it doesn't make it worse. I'm excited. Yeah, get that going. I want to see it. Give it to us. Give it to us. Hellraiser. Hellraiser, man. Wow. All right, yes. Cool. Well, how about we see what we got in the Let's store for... Let's do it. What if it's Hellraiser 2? Is it in here? No. And I believe it's your turn. All right. Here we go. Wow, there's so many. I know. Okay. I think for the wish list, I said The Haunting. I, I believe, or prisoners. That's definitely both. Those are definitely in here. I know mm -hmm. I put those in here. So <sighs> let's see what we got. I'm covering that. I'm scared. All right, here we go. Okay. The graduating class at Osborne High is being targeted by a masked assailant, intent on exposing the darkest secret of each victim. And only a group of misfit outsiders can stop the killing. Scary movie. We are watching There's Someone Inside Your House from 2021. Oh! We got a newer one. That is a very new one. I think that's still on like my suggestions. Makes sense. There's someone inside your house. There's someone inside your Sounds scary. It sounds scary. I don't like I don't like the idea of someone being inside my house that I don't know about. It also sounds like a slasher film. <laughs> it does. Sounds like some secrets are going to get exposed. Oh, Good thing God. Julia wasn't in this one because she had a lot of secrets. Yeah, she had so many that needed... she was like, you know what? Just stab me. That's fine. Just stab me. Just take Just me. to me. Take me, Frank. <laughs> All right. Well, 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 let's get out of here, huh? Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. I am Leslie. You can find me at Color Me Leslie. And I am Sam. You can find me at Beep Beep Richie T. Beep, 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 beep. You can also find us at The Deadlights Pod. And check out Playground Social, yes. which is the studio that we're recording this Where at. Are you now? But until next time, <laughs> let's get spooky. Ooh. Come to uh, the hell dimension. Will you with us. open the box?